Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 472 for the week of August 11, 2018. We're back, baby. Anna Marie and I were at a wedding of my friend Scott. I was his best man. Ooh. I said a speech, and people said it was good. That's all I but cared were about. You, but were you the best man? I was the best man. I was super nervous, and it went well. And then we were hot, and I sweated all day. I was like, oh my gosh. Not as bad as the, uh, the Seattle wedding we went to, Anna, where they didn't even have the air conditioning working in the reception hall. <laughs> that was not great. I think they had the heat turned on at one point. Ugh. This was exactly why I did a fall wedding. Mm-hmm. Though with the seasons changing, that doesn't seem to matter these days. Well, uh, that's Kelly Ryan. Hi, Kelly. How you doing? Hello. I, I am good. It's been a while. Gone to any weddings this year? No. No, we we don't get invited to weddings. That would oh, did, Was there that... an incident? No. No, no oh, incident. I was hoping we there was an incident. That would, that would just imply that hubby and, and it would I have a have... name, like the sausage incident or um, the punch <laughs> incident or, I don't know, the Michael Jackson's thriller line dance incident. I don't know. Something funny. <laughs> I know. Okay, there there was Uh-oh. a Christmas. There's an incident. There There's an Christ- incident. All right, tell there me. was a Christmas party incident, but okay, that was okay. because I got really drunk at the um, office Christmas party, and the did next you photocopy day... your butt? Did you photocopy no, your butt? No, oh. I, I just I, I had a designated driver, so which was my did husband. Did they photocopy so got... their butt? No. Oh. So I got hammered, and then the next day we was decorating the christmas tree at my mother-in-law's house and she was like i hope your head hurts i can't believe you got that drunk at the party and it turned into an argument and (laughs) did you do things while you were drunk at the party or was she just bitter at you for just being drunk in general she she was just bitter at me for being drunk okay do you and your mother-in-law just not get along no not really oh that's too bad (laughs) Well, how did she know yeah. you were drunk? My mom because loves my husband, Chris. My husband told no. My husband called her like while he was driving me home, and I was like singing or something on the in the passenger seat, and she heard me and was like, "What's her deal?" She was singing. Mean. She was singing the blonde mating call. That's I'm mean. so wasted. I'm so wasted. <laughs> no, uh-huh. I I wasn't singing. I don't know what I was. No, Vaughn was instigating because he kept saying just random things and making me laugh like an idiot. <laughs> That's the best like, thing to like, do with a drunk. Stuff like, I, I like cereal. And it was making me giggle. And to this day, he can still say that and I'll laugh like an idiot. <laughs> I approve. Yes. Like so so yes, I have had an incident. You You brought back some painful yet amusing in hindsight memories <laughs> good job chris cool i'm now feeding my cats treats one at a time i'm having fun i'm making everyone happy today oh also joining us jonathan stringer hello no oh, you caught me off taking a drink Aha! Um, hello. <laughs> has, are you getting drunk too? Ha- have you had an incident um not like at a wedding or anything like that. I mean, I've gotten in arguments with my siblings before at gatherings or post-gatherings, but usually I'm the calming voice where I have some uh, more 
quicker to anger brother and sister. You <laughs> Are you the middle sometime. child? I'm the oldest. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the peacekeeper. Yes. I'm the, I'm the level-headed one. I I'm <laughs> You're I the one that sat on everybody. Yeah, I can drink, but I don't really ever get too drunk. I usually get full and I'm a big guy. I I, I can drink a, a lot and not and be pretty good. So Not me. <laughs> See, not my I, my wife either. And that's the thing. I only get that hammered like maybe once a year, and only if I have like a, de- a designated driver or I know that I'm not going anywhere. So it's not like I'm a raging alcoholic or anything. That was just like a one time, out of a six month thing or whatever. Yeah. So, so I'm the if I they actually my brother and sister will kind of get annoyed at me because I'm the one that's always not doing stuff like that uh, why don't you stop being good or whatever and I'm not necessarily always good I just I think things before I do them kind of thing and they just do them they're very impulsive sometimes so <laughs> so I'm, I'm fairly I'm fairly even keeled and now I'm old and I have kids so I'm really boring so. see that's weird because I'm the younger sister but my older sister is the more impulsive one, and I'm the one that's more level-headed and thinks before she does things and stuff like that. Mm. So depends that's weird. Where, depends on where the gene pool falls, I guess, on each each one of us. So. Yeah, because I take more after my mom, who's the peacekeeper, and she takes after more after my dad, who is the hot was the hothead. So interesting. Yeah, it's probably the same for me. My mom's more of the laid back, and my dad's more of the flaff the handle type. <laughs> yep. But yep. Uh, was it two weeks? We didn't have one last week because of the wedding. It was two. Yeah, weeks we didn't have one last week because of the wedding. So we're back now. They, things kind of fly. Days fly by. We back, baby. I can tell you about all the progress I've made in game playing. Because let me tell you, so much progress. How much progress? I didn't make any progress. Okay. It looks like you started something that used to be a turd, but is now good, apparently. Apparently. Okay, so I didn't make any progress in my Metroidvania mania. In fact, I would say that the mania has subsided at this point, and I've lost all interest in Metroidvania playing at the moment. Um, Because we have a friend that's streaming No Man's Sky. And I started playing that, and oh my gosh, it's so much fun, and I can't stop playing, and I don't know why. I'm just sitting there spending hours every night mining copper out of the earth and just making chromatic metals and fix... I found a spaceship, Anna, on a planet, and it was beat up, and I've been fixing it up gradually. It's like, it's you know how the guys have the hot rod in the car, and that car is never going to work? I've been making it work. And it's just, it's like my garage car, and I just play around with it all night. And it's like, ooh, now it's now it has functional weapons. And ooh, now it has a place to store cargo. And ooh, now it... Okay, that's pretty much it. It's just th- those sorts of things. And you have to unlock all the slots, and it takes all these materials. And then... And then I've been I've been I've been flying around the universe and meeting strange aliens, including the cutest lizard people. Don't you like the lizard people, Anna? Is that the Gek? Yeah, they're the Gek. 
Aren't you a geck? Um, well, I made my p- character look like a geck, but technically I'm a traveler or whatever that means. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So there's there's the geck, the Corvax, and the Viking. And the Viking are like the warrior people. The geck used to be a race of conquerors, but now um, their crimes were so bad they uh, got beat down by the rest of the galaxy, and now they just do uh, mercantile stuff. So they're like the Ferengi now. And then uh, the Corvax are like a sentient machine species, and I, I don't know. The Gex are the cool ones. Except they release scents when they have emotions. So you kind of smell their emotions. It's kind of weird. They're stinky. Yeah. But they also look cool. Uh, I don't know. I've been playing No Man's Sky a lot. A lot. It's not an RPG, though. So I don't know how relevant it is to this podcast. But I've been playing it a lot. And I have a base. And I got a freighter ship. And now I'm moving my base piece by piece to the freighter ship. And now all my people are inside my ship. And last la- yesterday, I... I recruited a Gek farmer, Anna, and he taught me how to make grow lights. So now I'm I'm raising plants, plants, in my in my ship, including coprite, which is made from poop. <laughs> it is, and then um, yeah. So I'm raising weed, and I've got uh, I've got all the, I've got cargo and. I don't know. I'm just upgrading and upgrading. It's just constant upgrades. It's what I love to do, making the numbers higher. It's just numbers higher and higher and higher. And now I'm getting into a long distance um, economy and like buying stuff that's cheap in one area and selling it where it sells expensive in another area. And now I'm making all the monies. And it's just, it. this game's a slow burn. I'm like 20 to 30 hours in and like not even like halfway done with this game. <laughs> it's going to take an eternity. So what what kind of game is this? This is like a um, wide open sandbox, like kind of like Minecraft or yeah, Terraria. It is, yeah. It's wide open, and like um, there's some combat in it, and there's some you know base building and economy stuff, and upgrading your ships and upgrading your inventories and all that sort of stuff, and getting upgrades for your mining lasers and all that stuff. So it's like a sandbox with upgrades, so it's got enough RPG hooks to make me like keep going back and trying to get stronger and stuff. So basically, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to die playing this game at this point. What are you playing it on? Uh, PS4 Pro. Okay. It's a little framey at times. The uh, PC version is... is They've got a PC version. They just released an Xbox an Xbox version. And, uh, yeah, so you can play it on whatever, but yeah, it's been fun. And all these updates are free. This game came out in what, 2016. And, um, yeah, I just never put much time into it or never really tried playing it before. And now this time I just really put some effort into it and this, they just recently did this big next update. So I've been just rather addictively playing it and they have all these things that they added since the release and then all the stuff they put out with the next update and now... Basically, it's um, I'm putting as much effort into it as I would a, a, a MMO that I get addicted into. So, yeah, supposedly this is a good time to get in, as it's now finally close to what it was promised to be. Yeah, yeah, it, it bothers me. It took them two years to essentially make the game fun. I don't know, um, since I didn't play it much before now, so I can't say what at what point it turned fun because I'm you know some people liked it at launch, right? But what I do know is that uh, I don't understand how they're in business because these are all free updates and I'm playing off my copy that I got discounted during Black Friday during the year it was released in 2016. 
how are they making money at this point? I don't know. It, how can they, they had a whole this? lot of sales right now, and then PC, and then Xbox. Yeah. And the sales at launch are really big. But they've been de- so. working hard on this game for like two years. And it take it's a studio of like 15 people. How do you sustain them? <laughs> I think they sold a lot of copies. Okay. Remember how hyped it was? With it Sony? was very hyped, yeah. I yeah. just, I don't... That's why. I mean, but that money goes because they had to develop the game to begin <laughs> with. And so usually you're in debt and then you pay off your debts and that with the release yeah, of the game and then you're not ahead. Didn't they, didn't they get in bed with Sony? And I think Sony maybe helped fund some of that. I hope so. Because, yeah. Because They're doing I good work now. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, that's why it released so early because yeah. Sony wanted wanted it released earlier and it sounded like it really needed two more years in the oven. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yep. I didn't hear that yep. Sony had kind of pushed it out early. Oh, yeah. Well, now it's got that baking time, and I can't stop playing it. So, Even though I've tried a, a similar thing, a similar thing happened with Starbound. That that wasn't push, uh, pushed by anybody, and they just released Starbound as a early access beta. Mm-hmm. And that that was the game where I learned the hard way not to buy into early betas because when I played it early, it sucked, and then when it was technically released, then it was awesome. I just got an email from Dauntless, which is a Monster Hunter clone on PC, and um, they just they're in beta, but they just released an expansion. They're still yep. in beta. They haven't released yet. They just put out an expansion. How is that possible? That mean if you're in beta, you can't have an expansion. That means you're still working on the game. So this is part of the initial release. I hate Ark did that. I hate this stuff. Yeah, Ark did that too. That drove me crazy there too. <sighs> anyway, No Man's Sky is really fun. I'm I yeah. I want to stop doing this podcast and go play some more. It's so chill. So I've had, been dealing with a lot of anxiety the past couple of weeks, and like this game has just been my my happy place. I just sit down, and it's like, all right, time to mine some carbon. Ah. It, it, it sounds fun. It's a shame <laughs> that uh, huge another huge time sink is coming up. Yeah, like all the huge time sinks. So, but I did another. So, oh, I don't even know where to start. So, you know, I like the Monster Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. This Monster Hunter stuff's cool. And then they announced Monster Hunter across Final Fantasy XIV. I was like, oh, I like both these things. Well, the Monster Hunter part of that collaboration came out mm, 10 days ago or so. And holy crap, it's hard. It's hard. Behemoth is in Monster Hunter and it's hard. It is, it is a fight tuned for four people. It has insanely high health. Even if you fight it alone, and you're meant to fight it with four people. That, of course, there's elite people out there who've done it alone. I know that. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I can't even beat it in a party of four. I've died count. Uh, I've died many times. Um, it's not countless because it's probably only ten. Um, I, I've died many times, and it, I, I seem to have no hope in sight. My character is just not high enough level, and nor are the people I'm playing with. We just don't have either the skills or the equipment or both. And and. Woo, it is hard. Um, he, the behemoth. So, first of all, this Final Fantasy thing in 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 this. So a save crystal shows up in Monster Hunter, and out from the save crystal pop, 
pops uh, well there's a cactar actually who shows up in monster hunter and then that leads you to a save crystal and out of the save crystal pops a moogle and so you got to help the moogle and just like in final fantasy 14 only some people can see the moogle and anyway there's a whole thing about that and then the one of the regular monsters you kill in monster hunter grabs a save crystal and grows really big and you have a fun experience and then it's like oh no there's a behemoth on the loose you better go get it and you're like oh okay we better go get that and that's the big quest that's a big crossover it's really hard and he casts like magic spells so like meteor and comet and uh chartabus which are like these evil tornadoes which are destroy you and like they've added mechanics to this fight so like it's it's meant to be a cooperative team-based fight rather than like uh, so it's more like a Final Fantasy fourteen fight where people have roles. So like they added tank mechanics and enmity mechanics to Monster Hunter just for this fight. It's really weird because you see like the hate lines coming off the monster. Like, oh, you've got hate. And it's like, oh, I'm like a tank. And except I'm not a tank in Monster Hunter, so I never want to have that. But nobody else is either. So it makes this really hard. <laughs> and you got you need a tank to get the hate so that it doesn't use the killer attacks and it's a mess and I died a lot. So there's that thing. So I've failed a lot at killing Behemoth and Monster Hunter. And now, as Kelly points out, there's all these other distracting MMO things going on. One of those is that Final Fantasy XIV is getting Monster Hunter stuff. So now that just hit like three days ago, four days ago. And I haven't, I've been so sucked into No Man's Sky, I haven't pulled myself away to go try out the Monster Hunter stuff that's in Final Fantasy XIV, where you go to go get like, um, like a cat companion or you get to fight Rathalos and, and all this sort of stuff. And I bet you that fight's a lot easier. Um, but So that's all going on. I haven't had time. And then, Kelly, I bet you you've been prepping for the other big MMO thing going on. Yeah. Um, the, the bad news is that I may have lit a tree on fire. May? But the good You're not sure, huh? I, I, I may have started a huge Well, fire, I mean, it's it's but... just a tree, right? It's not like an important foundation of the world or something, is it? Yeah, but, but but the good news is I've got a plague bat mount now. That's oh, okay. pretty cool. Well, that's that's right? pretty good. Yeah, all right. The funnier thing is that if you do that quest on the Alliance side, Anduin is pretty much like, I'm sorry, do you want a hippogriff to make you feel better? <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've been doing uh, the War of the Thorn stuff, and wow, I... <laughs> I was pretty mad about the tree burning because it really made Sylvanas look like an impulsive jerk. Well, then they but had a then, video that came out that kind of solidified that. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> and then and and the next week when they did the sacking of uh, Undercity, mm-hmm. they made Sylvanas out to be this maniacal supervillain. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I really like this version of Sylvanas. Where was that last week when, you know, the, the blood, or the, she that elf un- was like. Yeah. She hadn't unveiled her full colors yet. Yeah. So or she's, she's now like... the enemy of life, apparently, which we've kind of known for a long time, but she's kept it under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think both of the things that she did were like completely within her character. Yeah, just, I, I don't know. I wasn't I'm, happy with that. I'm surprised when people are surprised that she did either of those things. Because it's like, how, did you guys forget Lich King? Like, she literally blighted an entire battle, and then she went, oh, uh, gee, he, uh, he must have been researching that on his own. Shrug emote. See, that, I thought that was technically... Um... That one demon whose name's whose name is escaping no, me. No, he was but... gone at that point. 
Okay. Yeah, no, he got found out and and shoot away in TBC, I thought. It's just the the way that I interpreted it and the way a lot of people interpreted it is that her original intention was to just occupy Darnassus and then when the night elf insulted her then it was like f you i'm gonna burn your tree nah nah i mean i i think it's been clear for a while now that she hates the living okay well i mean i'm i'm i was upset about it i'm okay now because i i do like maniacal supervillain Sylvanas a little bit better mainly because she's and part of the reason why i was mad about it because i felt like we had already been down this road with garage i just but she really really hates elves okay i kind of and i kind of feel like that's been building for a while okay yeah yeah and i mean garage seemed like a more impulsive villain and she seems like she's being more calculating and strategic which i i appreciate i'm just it, it it bothered me a little bit that we're doing this road again and we're doing this road with the, with the horde because I would like to see this kind of this kind of calculation with the alliance. Well, Blizzard kind of tends to do this. So you get this character that's kind of fringe villain and then they push yeah. him to an extreme to push a new storyline and it kind of repeats itself. Yeah, and I I, I want to see where it's going. That That's for sure. I mean, I've got my pre-order. I'm cleaning the house tomorrow in preparation for Monday because I think it drops at like 5 o'clock Monday evening no 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 it's it's if it's like the last one it's noon local time or it's midnight local time well they they said that they're doing a worldwide launch yeah that's how they did it last time I'm, I'm pretty sure that when husband and I looked up at the time that it's supposed to be f- 5 o'clock for no so um, I mean it Central. is it, it, okay you probably we'll see. yeah I mean they did stagger it last time they didn't put the North American servers live at the same time they put the European servers I mean there's a countdown on the site okay Two days, five hours, 11 minutes, and five seconds. Okay. That would be around <laughs> five o'clock central. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of that. Right right now, just to pass the time, I've been leveling my shaman, who I'm about ready to get into Legion content right now. Though she's probably going to get dropped um, to work on the current content. I, I've been in that phase, what I call the between game blues right now, where I, because um, I, I finished Final Fantasy X on July 30th, just barely getting in with uh, JRPG July. And for two weeks, it's been like, I want to play stuff, but I don't want to start anything because I know that I'm going to be in a huge time sink soon. So I've been kind of waffling between leveling various characters in WoW and um, playing Octopath Traveler, which I finished everybody's chapter one in that game, and I'm really annoyed that that game really doesn't have a good EXP catch-up mechanic. 
because everybody's chapter two is around like level 20 ish for most of the characters and the characters that I had set aside were only having around like level six or seven. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. And I didn't realize that you were kind of supposed to rotate out people on a regular basis. I thought that you could just kind of stick with one party mm, till the very end. Nope. So I've, I finished Hanit's chapter two. And right now I've been trying to get everyone at around level 30 to finish everybody else's chapter two. And the grind has been kind of tedious because um, th there's a spot where you can go into a high-level area and you could cheese a couple of mobs for some really good experience to get every... I mean, you, ideally, you're supposed to level level everyone in this spot at around 40. Um, I'm only going to ca cap it off at 30 and then do everyone's chapter 2 and then see where everybody's sitting from there. But I've been so busy with, like art projects and stuff like that, that I've just had no time to play any um, Octopath to any capability. And when I do have time to play it, it's like I could start the new story or I could just grind more. So th there's that. I I'm still really enjoying the game. I just, I think that they kind of screwed the pooch on the pacing in it. And I don't know if, if anybody else that's played it kind of feel, feels that way. I wish jo um, I wish uh, Josh was here so that I could kind of ask him about that, see how he felt. But that that's pretty much the only two things I've been playing as well, an Octopath and just like some random puzzle games and stuff like that for... Um, Filling time and stuff, but that's an inconsequential. So yeah, for the horde. <laughs> All right, that means Jonathan. What have you been playing? Surely a lot of RPGs, right? Mm, nope. No. I, I got Madden early. Oh, okay. So, so you've been playing a football RPG. Yeah, the story. Well, mode? I got it. I got into actually. I, I've done a little bit of the long shot about halfway, mm -hmm. but I've gotten. Uh, I got it on PC. I, I I did the Origin Premier Access thing for a year. It's a hundred dollars, and basically, it's kind of almost like a subscription service where you just get access to all the EA games on Origin, mm -hmm. and you get new releases like a week or two early, depending on the game. So I was looking at it, I was like, well, I was kind of wanted to try and support Madden on PC just because it's the first time it's been on there in about a decade. And and then I know I'm probably going to get Battlefield Five. and I was thinking about uh, getting Anthem, but I wasn't sure if I wanted Anthem or not. So this way, I get value out of BF5 and Madden, and then I already paid for the $100 so I can try out Anthem for no additional cost. So This is the first time Madden's been on PC in a long while, right? Since 2008, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. They, they it's were, a good they, port? They went well, I mean, to be honest now, PS4s and Xbox Ones are on the same, basically the same PC platform. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of porting to have to be done. So obviously there there are some things that need to change. The well, you're UI. using DirectX versus whatever you use on the PS4 sure, and stuff. exactly. Right. But uh, other than that, it's not like it was such a big of a difference of a port before, like saying going from the PS3 to, from PC to PS3 or back and forth. So um, I guess it makes sense for, it, for them to do it now. Um, 
but it plays really, really similar. Uh, you really don't notice much of a difference. Um, so I also got an early code on PS4. I have, we have a friend in the league I play that that, that works uh, over there, and he can usually hook us up pretty early. So, oh, that's uh, nice, cool. Yep. So I've been playing. I've had it in both systems since the second or the first somewhere on there. So it's been a while. I think it just came out officially yesterday. So, and I think early people got it on the seventh. So it's a lot of it's it's fun. It's cool so far. I, I'm joining my leagues. You know the usual stuff I do every year. I know this isn't an interest to most RP gamers, so I, I try to keep it somewhat brief. But I, I know a lot of people who don't play it think it's just the same game. And I think Alex plays it too, though. Oh, that's true. I think Alex is dabbling it. Is there any advantage to playing on PC that you can think of? Mod. Oh, really? So, like, replace Jared. all the um, all the players with Randy Savage or something? I assume you could. Uh, so, <laughs> so I wonder how that works with like. All right, so are you into Ultimate Team at all? Because I wonder if like you could mod and cheat that stuff. Well, I don't know about that. I don't really. I I will like when this little starting phase happens before my leagues really get kicked in the gear. Uh-huh. I'll fiddle around with Ultimate Team for a few days until I get bored. I, I'm not really as into it as, you know, some people just love it, so it's not really my cup of tea. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised maybe you can do that, but then again, I think they'd want to try to limit that because that I think a lot of that server side, Okay. and they yeah. control some of that. So, But I'm talking about mods as in changing uh, the way players look, the graphics, uh, changing maybe some... Uh, well, have you messed with uh, that at all? I'm wondering what you've changed. I haven't been able oh, okay. to at all. I'm not a modder, but uh, I know there's people. I like how you said that. I'm not a modder. Like it's a, like I, a slur. No, not at all. <laughs> One of them. It takes a lot of it time takes some, and yeah. Well, skills. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any of those. So for as, as far as doing video game modding, and I don't. I don't know any of that stuff. So. Okay. Um, uh, I want to see somebody mod the game where it's a team of Randy Savages versus a team of Thomas the Trains. Yep, sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> get that, on that. that somebody kind of needs to get on swap that. Outs, yeah, they could definitely do something like that. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I know there's some guys on Reddit. Uh, there's a Reddit post about how they're already... It's the Frostbite engine that EA uses. And I think it's the same one as FIFA. And so I think they've already done some of that. And they're just going to be able to do it on Madden as well. So uh, I know they've already, you know fooled around with some i mean if nothing uh, else we got to at least get big head mode right <laughs> and they, they used to be in in the game in itself. the game hawk <laughs> yeah i forgot how many maddens ago that was but they, there used to be a big game a big head mode you could do so that's I've, I've been playing around with that i've also been somewhat busy i am selling we we're talking about a little bit before i'm selling probably about 50 40 50 games probably oh, about geez. a a tenth of the value of my collection, maybe, maybe somewhere on there. I don't know. Just a little pruning. I'm I'm budgeting for a board game table. I want to. I'm gonna get commissioned Ooh, here. Ooh, those are cool. Yes, it, we need a dining room table. And if we're gonna get a table, I'm like, hey, if we're gonna get a dining room table, make get a board game table. <laughs> so we can flip it over and go time to war game. Yeah, so you can take the top off. And oh, then, okay, cool. Or even not just board game, maybe just normal board games. So you know how some of those long board games take forever and take yeah. a few sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, you could just leave it in there and put just the top on. Put and the top on, it's preserved. Top. Yeah, exactly. And then you have all those accusations of people cheating and moving pieces since the last session <laughs> and stuff. It'd be great. 
Maybe yep. you need to combination lock the top of the table <laughs> so that there's no. Oh, no but, it's but, like yeah, two, it's be... like the nuclear keys, Kelly. You need yeah, like two of the party say. there, and they have to be in sync and do it at the same time, or else it doesn't yes. open. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually supposed to meet him after this, and uh, I think give him a down payment and to get ready to start Uh-oh. building my table. So. It's not a scam, is it? No, it's a okay. guy. It's a local furniture guy locally. All right. Um, I, I said you know where he lives. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm gonna meet him in person. <laughs> okay. And then I'm gonna give him down. We've been talking for about it for a little while, giving him some designs, and I, I follow him on Facebook and stuff. So I see some of the work he's been putting out. And I mean, there's, there's never a, you know, you just like with any contractor, there's always a risk involved, right? right. So. Um, what did one of those tables run? Well. If you buy them from like a website, they're really expensive, especially to get it shipped. So to get the table, I'm wanting off of like boardgametables.com or uh, there's another one I can't remember their name. Uh, I think one went head. out of business. One did, and then there's another one in North Carolina, and there's one of them in Greece. But the Greece is obviously the import. Is that really would expensive. that might cost a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a little but bit. The table I'd be looking to get from one of those would be about thirty five hundred dollars, which is a bit too high for me for a table this guy uh going over some designs and what we're going to do and it's going to be in ash uh wood uh it's going to cost me about 1700 oh cool. that, that's not too bad that's about what uh a good poker table used to, i i used to work at an online furniture store and that's what our good poker tables used to run mm-hmm. so well i mean a big thing i'm saving four or five hundred dollars in shipping Right. So yeah. Right. Locally, and then I get a guy. This guy can kind of do more custom what, what I want, or I'm I'm really not going that fancy. It's really just going to be that style table with uh, some pull out like drink holders, and it's going to be instead of like this sliding on a wooden rail, it's going to be kind of like little um, like keyboard tray wheels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it'll slide out, and you have drink holders, and then it'll have a nice tabletop. So. Nothing too fancy. It'll, it'll look pretty good as a dining room table. You wouldn't know any better, and then be a, be a fun gaming table after. So, but yeah, that's taking a lot of my time because selling games online one by one is pretty time consuming. You got to take pictures. You got to answer a bunch of questions. Send more pictures. And uh, so I did sell my Nino Cooney Wizard Edition, the collector edition thing that was still sealed. That was a big uh, money draw, and then I. I'm probably about to sell my copy of Snow Brothers on NES, and that's about 180. So I've selling a few big hitter items that I'm, I'm probably gonna. Some of these I'm gonna be like, damn it, why did I sell that game like two years from now? And be mad at myself. The others I'm like, yeah, I'm never gonna play this game anyway. So I've had, I had to. It's it's always a tough decision when I want to go prune the collection of which one goes and which one doesn't. And then there's some that I put on there. And someone starts asking about it, and I'm taking pictures of it to show them better. I'm like, uh, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it back on the shelf and take it. Oh, sorry, uh, my wife said I couldn't sell that one. Or sorry, I can't find that game. Something like that. I give them an excuse. I can't no. find it. You were just taking pictures of it. Uh, they were from before. Um, but the EXIF data says they were taken yesterday. Oh, you, you can't trust that stuff. It was uh, corrupted. Yeah. You know, I- 
I, I feel your pain because last summer um, my husband and I cleaned out our spare bedroom and I had a whole box of stuff that I was going to take to our local um, toy reseller just to kind of get some money for him because I knew that they I, I didn't want to just donate these to Goodwill. And then as I was going through the box, I realized that a lot of some of the stuff was like from my dad and some of the stuff was uh, stuff that I just didn't want to part with. And yeah, I feel your pain. The, the, the biggest offender was, the, I don't know if you guys remember when the first Pokemon movie came out. They, Pokemon? Um, sold, Get the glasses. Yeah, they uh, sold these um, gold-plated trading cards that Ooh. were in Pokeballs. And I was going to get rid of them just because I had no nostalgia for them. But then I remember that my dad bought them for me. And he, like, went out of his way to go to, like, four or five different Burger Kings around town to get the entire set for me. So it was like, oh, God, I can't part with these knowing that my dad did that for me because my dad's no longer with us. So and anything I find that oh, has this podcast is over, everybody. I'm just going to go cry in a corner now. <laughs> yeah. So any anything I find that has a connection to him, I just can't part with no matter how much it clutters. So sad cast. Yeah. Sad yeah I have cast. some old like Genesis cards that are probably I have like a newer, nicer version, but it's like the one I had as a kid. So I keep those and. Some other old PS1 games I have that I wouldn't part with. So I, I have some of those. I don't have any connections to family member items. Usually they're just all mine. My parents really weren't in the video games, but um, that, I do that have should, childhood games that I keep. That should be our question of the week. What game can you? What game in your collection can you just not part with? Yeah. What gaming collection item do you have a story that will bring everybody to tears when they hear it? <laughs> Well, now that I've made everyone sad. I, uh, it's funny, I took a picture of my desk um, earlier this week because I completely cleaned it off and everybody kept asking me to buy my French... Uh... One person. No, not uh -oh. one person. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was like five. First of all, he's German. He's not a French German. No, he's... people keep asking to buy my French Charizard. He's a German Charizard. Um, No. Dracofu? <laughs> That's French, Chris. Oh. Your EU Charizard. Which one did there I you get go. you? Isn't he cool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, is, that your, is that like a first edition Charizard? Or I don't know. Is it just Yeah, uh, it must be. Well, the, the I think the way you can tell if the, if a Pokemon card is first edition or not is if there's a shadow around the border of the photo. No, no. I couldn't get the shadowed on all of them. Yeah, no. Yeah, let's this see is... this one. Bring it on the camera. Yeah. Uh, there is a shadow around the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the whole point, right? I, I can't remember if the shadow means that it's the first edition or not. You'd have to Google it. Your, Google that yourself. That was just pointed out to me that that's the way you can tell the difference. People also like my Japanese Venusaur and my Japanese Blastoise. I still have a box of, po of Pokemon cards somewhere, but I know that they're not first edition. I had, my... like, an original set of base set, but I haven't owned it in, like, 20 years. I, I know that those first edition Charizards go for a pretty penny, yeah. so you, you could probably fund a gaming table with just that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, he I, wasn't that expensive, so probably no, not. This was no. yeah. this would have been in the ten to thirty dollar range. Yeah, and four or five years ago, or four years ago. It's like you get that and a black lotus, and you can retire. <laughs> Another thing I had when I was a teenager yeah. and got rid of. You had a black lotus. Yeah. Really? Fool. Yeah. Most people <laughs> didn't, Anna. Okay. I. What, I didn't know set? when I was younger they were that rare. Was How it, did you was get it, it unlimited or was it like Hold a black it? border? Was it yeah, was it black border or unlimited? I have no idea what the difference is. Black border or white border? That that's the difference. You're it's, asking it's, me about a card that I had twenty years ago. I know, but it's yeah. what print run and you should remember this. I, black I, borders are really expensive. Unlimited still expensive, but not like the black border ones. I mean, but at this point, even I mean, unlimited. It, yeah. I, I pulled it when I was really young. So I mean, when did they print the second version of it? That well, alpha and beta were like one right after the other and alpha is really rare because they they didn't it didn't go full retail i think it was only a partial retail and it was at trade shows and stuff like that gaming shows uh and then beta was kind of like the first real big release okay Uh, i mean it could have been either one because i used to hang out at a card store yeah and i was really good friends with the owner and then unlimited casey alpha beta and unlimited all came out relatively close to each other Comparative to other main courses like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I mean, to give you sort of a perspective, like mm. I hung out at that card store. I was really good friends with the owner of the store. Um, one of his kids, in fact, the kid that was closest in age to me, paid for his university by playing in magic tournaments. Uh, yeah. He was really good. Or right, if you opened all those packs back then, you could pay for a whole lot of your retirement. Yeah. Problem card. <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of one of the things that we helped the store owner do is we opened packs and helped him list them uh, on eBay. And you know, a real big reason why a lot of those are so expensive is because no one thought that game was going to be much or it was just a small little game, right? So you kind of played to the cards and the cards kind of got some abuse because people played to those cards back then and they didn't have this before we like sleeved them up and everything. So, oh no, he made, and, he made us mm-hmm. leave the cards because Did he? when, when he, so, when he when he first started getting into the collectible card games, he was mm-hmm. a card store, but he traded in like baseball cards. Mm-hmm. So he was like a predominantly so he knew. sports card He's store. He's like, I've, I've so done this before. So he was like, if you are going to play with these cards, you are going to play with them in sleeves. Ooh. Back before we had the nice playable sleeves, probably. Yeah, yeah. they were pretty garbage. Yeah, the little white penny sleeves. Yep. They're the clear penny sleeves. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because back, yeah, that's what we had to do, too. And they didn't shuffle well, and they stuck together. But, oh, they were mm-hmm. wretched. But, I mean, they were at least protection. Yeah. Some protection. So that's why a lot of it's hard to find those old. And those alpha and beta, the, the card stock they used back then are really inconsistent. And they're very, uh, they're much more fragile than the cards used today. So they kind of fray really easy. Yep. And mm-hmm. they. Yeah, I remember that we laughed because there were cards that just, like, fell apart into two pieces. Yep. There goes a thousand dollars. Yeah, they were they weren't always super quality. <laughs> oh man, good memories. Oh, this is back uh, when you could replace the backs of cards and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we just glued them back together and kept playing with them. The donuts are off to the side, Batacade. How do I say your name, Batacald? Someone's uh, asking where the donuts are. 
I already ate mine yeah. and drank my coffee. I had too many donuts already. Anna, you can have the rest. She doesn't okay. want any. Yeah. Um, I accidentally ordered extra coffee and extra hot chocolate. We've got the Duncan run went very successful today. Okay. Oh, Anna, you've yes. been playing some stuff, haven't you? Yeah. Besides making me jealous that about not having $1,000 magic cards and making me cry because of emotional attachment to video game paraphernalia, uh, <laughs> what did you do? Um, well, I finished Tokyo Xanadu, so I got the true ending. Yay! Hey, you don't usually Yay. stick around for that, so nope. good for you. Yep. So I want to applaud ending. you. I want you to know I'm supporting you. Thank you. And don't, don't think Thank I don't you. recognize when you put the extra effort in. Thank you. Thank you. And then I'm also continuing to play WoW, so I I burned down a tree. You're boo! How dare you boo! And I don't I'm, support you anymore. And I blew up a city. Divorce. Um, have you done any of those quests on the Alliance side? Yeah, I did all the quests on the Alliance side. Okay, because I, I thought it was interesting when um, the tree got burned and they tasked you with trying to evacuate the city. Oh, and you have, man. That and you quest have to broke my heart. Yeah, and oh. you have to rescue 900 people or something like that yeah. in three so, minutes. Yeah, so they give you a timer. They give you a five-minute timer, and then all of a sudden a quest pops up. Save people. Zero out of 976. Yeah, so I assume you don't save everybody. No. Yeah. no, no you, and then you, you have to you, sit there going, <laughs> I couldn't save everybody. I want to see somebody see, who's pulled I, it off. I did it twice, and I spent most of the time running around looking for this is fine, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find him. Kitten was very happy that he saved the owl vendor. Oh, the owl vendor, right. Yes. yes. That that was tantamount for him. I have no idea why. Does the owl vendor show up in Stormwind oh. like the cockroach vendor? I have no idea. Okay. Because people were happy that the cockroach vendor shows up in uh, Orgrimmar. <laughs> Wait, what's the... What? Okay. I don't know what's the, up the, that. The, in Undercity, oh, there's a guy... Oh, they have a cockroach that, vendor and there's he shows a guy okay. who's like underneath a whole bunch of bridges. He's... Yeah. You would never know okay. he's there unless you kind of went looking for him. I just want to give you guys an update. I have checked the WoW forums. It is actually not possible to save all 982 people. There's not enough NPCs to do it. Um, okay. They've People have gone into it with groups and split up to try and get them all, and there's just not enough NPCs there. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel less bad now. Some people just like, well, I just sat there and let them all die. <laughs> <laughs> I like to watch the world burn. <laughs> so after being traumatized by World of Warcraft, I felt like I Wait, needed something. I'm being little... told all the elves are fireproof in this thread as well. Are right. elves fireproof? No. Hmm. So after the trauma that was World of Warcraft, I felt like I needed a game that was lighthearted and fun and not very long. So I decided to play uh, Super Dimension... No, no. You Neptunia. Played you played a nap nap versus Sega Hard Girls. Super Neptunia Mega Dimension Tag Girls no, versus No, Super Hard... Dimension Neptune versus Sega Hard Girls. Okay. Yes. So this is an alternate universe Neptunia game? So this is part of the main Neptune universe. Sort of. But it is considered a side story. It's a Gaiden? It's a Gaiden. 
And so IF is the hero in this game. Iffy! Yeah, so Iffy's Stands the hero. Stands for idea factory, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and so the way that this works is um, IF lives in an era where basically the world is cold and barren. And she goes to the library. Oh, it's like my bedroom. <laughs> she goes to the library of history, and Istoir is there. And Istoir is like, I don't know why this is this way. Um, and she kind of has this vague idea that maybe it shouldn't be this way. And then um, Segami basically falls from the sky, and she has amnesia because that's never happened in an in a NEP game before. And she's like, all right, it definitely shouldn't be like this. We've got to change time. And Eastwar's like, no problem. I'm going to change IF's bike so that it travels through time. So there are four eras, um, which are like the Dreamcast era, the Game Gear era, the Saturn era, and then the Mega Drive era. And so you jump into one of the eras and... Um, it's Neptune and Saturn. And basically, as they fight, they both kind of get sucked into time. Um, and Neptunia, and Neptunia um, kind of throws herself into the way to save Saturn. So she ends up being the one that gets sucked into time. Um, and somehow... In doing so, she gets put into my bike. She's like Knight Rider, but a motorcycle. Yes. It's really weird. Yes. And so throughout the entire game, everybody comments about how my bike is such an ugly eggplant It's the crap color. bike. Yeah. So Segami is very upset about Nep Nep being in the bike. So she just calls her the crap bike the entire game. What a crap bike. But I like when Neptunia has... To, she's like, vroom, vroom. She makes <laughs> stupid motorcycle noises. Also, she has an alarm on her. Oh, okay. So when Eastwar needs to get our attention, she goes, nap, 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 nap. This whole game's just fan service, isn't it? <laughs> it totally is. That whole series is fan service. Yeah, all right. Yes! That's fair. Yeah. So yeah, every era has one Sega hard girl and one goddess. And they're locked into this combat, and no one seems to know how it started. But it turns out that it was started by the Time Eater. And so the Time Eater is living in the library, but is reaching into time and basically screwing things up. So we have you to You can go... fight the Time Eater, but yes. then you die. Well, you eventually well. get strong enough that you have to... That you kill the Time Eater. Oh, okay. It's, it's Chrono Trigger. Okay. So you know how you can, like, go... Go and kill. Well, you haven't done it yet, though. I did. Oh, you beat the game? Yeah. Oh, when'd you do that? Uh, the 5th of October? The 5th of August? You? Oh, gosh. It's a time travel game, so you've beaten it in the future. Yes. Oh, I'm so confused. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like Wait, are you like saying you've been trigger. done with this game for six days? Yeah. What have you been playing? I'll you've get to that. You've been reading the books. Okay. Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll get to what I've been playing. Okay. So it's, it's so sort of lost. like Chrono Trigger in that... There are different times that you can attempt to defeat the Time Eater, um, but you may or may not be strong enough at that point. So you can actually replay the game and retain your power and try to defeat the Time, time Eater at different times, but that actually might not give you a good ending. 
Does it give you like alternate endings where the lizards take over the earth and stuff? <laughs> Not quite that bad, but yeah, you can get a poor ending. Depending I want on... weird endings, like everyone's a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got um, the good ending for the game. So there's like a bad ending, a neutral ending, a good ending, and then like a super duper true there's ending. There's a troll ending? There is a troll ending. <laughs> That's great. So did you get the super duper mega happy ultra ending? No, because you have to replay the game a couple times for and that. And you just YouTube it? Uh, no. I, You're I not even going to bother? You don't I, care? I this liked, is fan service. That's I the point of this. I liked the ending that I got. Oh, you and this crap again. Get the real ending. It might be even better. It's written for you. So that took me 19 hours. Yep. Yep. And then I was I was going to play Atelier Sophie, and I even wrote it down on my sheet that I started it. You started it. You no. pu- you turned it on. Yeah. And, I heard it. And that's as, really as far as I got, because here's the thing is, for like the last three weeks, I have been watching um, this league um, that plays what is called Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise. And it's a mod to Final Fantasy IV where... Makes it open world. Yeah, it's an open world randomizer. So the idea is is you start the game with two characters randomly and one key item. Well, actually, I think the randomization is an option. No. Oh, okay. There's very... I was looking into this. There's like so many different modes. Yeah. Yes. That you can do. Yeah. So you start with two characters and one key item. Oh, the boss randomization is an option. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it is your job to take your Enterprise, which is the name of the first airship that you get, um, and basically gather. Well, it's called Free Enterprise because they give you the airship because it's the because it gives you a free Enterprise. Yeah. Um, and it's basically it's your job to take the airship around, gather up a party. You need, if nothing else, um, the crystal which reveals Zeramis and a way to get to the moon. Um, and there's two ways to do that. Um, and go kill Zeramis as fast as possible. So all well, in you all... You don't have to speed run it. That's just what you've been doing. Yes. And there's a whole league around it. And it's kind of why the game was created and yeah. stuff. So. <laughs> so in total, I believe there's 17 key items. Hang on. Let me look at my... Yeah, there's so many here. different things. So um, they've got a whole website where you have to come up with your own Final Fantasy IV ROM. That's the right version. And you can find that by... Well, on fewer sites than you used to be able to because of all the Nintendo takes downs, but you can find that out there on the internets. Then you upload it to the site, you check a bunch of bunch of boxes, or you paste in um, a string of that someone's prepared for you either way, and, and it'll set a bunch of options. And these options make it either easier or harder or kind of change how the randomization works. So you can actually make it very easy to the point where you're getting tons of experience and free items and stuff like that, or you can make it really hard where it's like, you can't barely get any items and it's hard to get experience and you have to really know what you're doing. Um, and then you can super randomize it or not randomize it. And all these things are customizable and you can kind of choose what sort of fun you want to have. Yeah. Now what we've been watching is over on RPG limit break. That's a Twitch channel, RPG limit limit break and speed runs speed run gaming, I think is the channel. Yeah. Um, they've been hosting tournaments cause that's what they do. These speed runners, they you know, they do these speedrunning tournaments, and since this one is a RPG, it kind of crosses over into the RPG Limit Break territory, which they were already associated to begin with, sort of, kind of, maybe not. Anyway, so they've been hosting all these races there, um, and then they decided to have a league. Um, so instead of just doing a weekly race that they stream, now they have, like, a whole tournament thing, and yeah, so we've so been they watching had, that. They and... had something like 200 people sign up for this, so they had, like, an open draw. 
where there were three or four opportunities to just run. And most of the time they had about a hundred people running. Um, and so they did like an average weighting of each of those runs, um, based on how long each of the runs took. And then out of that pool, they took the top 32. Yeah. So and the, and they're making the, the customization options harder as the tournament goes on, yeah. because these are like your top tier runners and they're trying to make it interesting to watch. Um, this has basically removed, um, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, um, randomizer runs from twitch as far as i can tell people aren't doing them anymore everything is now final fantasy 4 randomizer runs um and so this is not the only final fantasy 4 randomizer but this is the only I don't one that know i'm i haven't seen any others there's there's run. like two others okay um but this is the one that i'm personally interested in and i'm not typically interested in randomizers i'm not super interested in like you like watching emulating them. Um, and the interesting thing is, is there actually is a way to apply this patch to a real game cartridge. And I know because at least two of the people in top 32 play on real hardware. And the reason that I know is because they actually had to stop and completely restart a race. Mm -hmm. Um, because one of the runners had a power surge and it fried their console. Ouch. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so they actually had to boot up an emulator to restart the race. I wonder if they're using that. Um, I'm trying to think how you could do that. You, I you assume they're using a, special... a Retron. Uh, no, the Retron can't do it um, because the Retron uh, doesn't let you. Patch? They let you apply patches. It, it lets you apply to... patches, but you can't. this site doesn't spit out patches for you. Hmm. So unless there's another way to get those patches, I don't know how the Retron would do it. So, But the, uh, the weird new one, the expensive retro console that's got the, uh, I forget what it's called. Um, the FPGA one. Okay. Jonathan should know what it's called. I can't remember. Where's my retro guy? All right. Well, all right. <laughs> that, uh, that, that thing, maybe you could do it with, but the, if that thing power surged, I feel bad for him. Cause that's like three or $400. So, yep. <laughs> so, um, since I started trying this on Monday, it's kind of taken over all of my gaming time. Anna, you're into this in a way that I've never expected you to be into it. Um, I've never seen you be into it. It's like really cool. And it's like my wife is now a speedrunning champion. It's so, amazing. Yeah, I guess I'm a speedrunner now. You're a speedrunner now. It, it finally happened. You always hear that on like um, the uh, Games Done Quick. Like, oh, it's so easy to get into speedrunning. Just start doing it. And Anna just literally did start doing it. She's like, I've been watching. This is really fun. I'm going to do it myself. I need a newbie guide. Oh, here's a newbie guide. Oh, um, I'm going to start making my own run notes. And she started making her own run notes. And she joined the Discord. And she asked her advice. She's talked to people that she's watched stream the game. They've given her advice. It's like, Anna, you're a hardcore speedrunner now. This is amazing. You're you're living the dream. She hasn't turned on any of the harder flags yet, but I'm, I imagine that's just uh, a matter of time. Or she'll get bored of it, and the internet will probably get bored of it in like two weeks anyway. Yeah, so, so I mean, the dilemma that I had is like, they give you newbie guides, but no one's really made a good route guide. So I basically sat down one day and watched like four of the matches back to back and just basically route wrote a route for myself because the first time I tried playing this it ended up taking me like three in-game hours no three in-game hours yeah but it I mean, was you like... realize what you need to do now right Anna yeah you have to publish this on Google Docs and start linking it in discord and have it become like a community driven route guide 
Eh, or at least put it out there for people. That's that's how this stuff goes. That's how you get people more excited about this game and spread it. Start sharing it. Yeah, I just I don't know if my route's good. <laughs> well, you can't find out if you don't share it. What okay. are you scared of? Your route's just going to get better. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is, is the flags that I use aren't going to be applicable to the tournament no, this runs. This is a newbie route guide. Okay. It's not for the tournament runners. They don't need your route guide. Okay. They got the, they got everything in their head. They don't want to share it. You're helping new people get into it. Okay. You got to market it right. You're a, Anna, you're a social media coordinator. You know marketing. Come on. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I wrote myself a guide. Um, and I've been practicing that. So my first run was like three in-game hours and almost five in real life. Um, but I did a run last night that was like an hour and nine, an hour, an hour and nine minutes, yeah. and nine minutes in game, and like an hour and twenty minutes in real life. So that's my amazing. best run so far. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're killing it, Anna. You're just getting better and better and better. Yeah, we're gonna have to start turning on the flags just to slow you down. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm kind of at the point where I said I would start streaming if I hit a sub one hour run. So I think I'm actually going to hit that this week. So I, I'm thinking about streaming it on the RP Gamer channel so that people can see what the heck I'm doing. All right, now, so for the tech nerds out there, Anna's current setup for these runs is SNES 9X, the latest version, plus the uh, the ROM, of course, from the Final Fantasy for Free Enterprise site. An Xbox One Elite controller, and uh, either her desktop or her laptop. So that's that's how she's making the magic happen. She uses a tracker. There's a Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise tracker. It's a web tracker. She uses that to keep track of her items and stuff. And um, no, that's it, right? Yeah. And my notes. And the notes that she hasn't shared with the world yet. Yeah, because I just I don't quite have any everything memorized yet. I'm getting there though. Like the first few runs, I had to have maps of like where stuff was because I was like I don't know how to fly to Eblon. Um or like I don't know how to traverse the the self cave who the hell goes there. And so, but as I've continued to practice, I don't need those maps anymore. And all of the maps are the same as the original game. The only thing that's different with this is just that uh you have the thingy the the airship at the beginning and so things that change in the particular set of flags that i do um all of the treasures have been randomized so like you know how you walk into baron and there's a pot outside of the inn that always has a treasure in it Mm -hmm. i've gotten everything from like eye drops to the adamant armor out of that pot oh okay and everything in between. I think I picked a Bahamut out of there once. <laughs> <laughs> um, dragon in a pot. Dragon in a pot. Um, all of the bosses are in the same locations, but which boss will be there is randomized. So, like, you walk into the Mist Cave, and it could be Mom Bomb. Um, the last run that I had there, I walked into the Mist Cave, and it was the Four Fiends fight. Oh, my God. Which actually was way easier than you might think because I had picked up a Cure 3 out of somewhere. And so I threw it at Mylan and he died. So tell people about tears. There's character tears in this game now, right? What? 
you didn't used to worry about how good characters were in Final Fantasy IV. Oh, no. Because the game managed them for you. Right. And then at the very end, you had a couple choices to make. But now, your party formation, it's all in your hands, and you really care. So all of the locations where you would get characters, you still get characters. There are some flags that modify that. But, for example, um, on top of Mount Hobbs, where you meet Yang, you will get a character there but it may not be Yang. Um, when you go to um, Mount Ordeals, when you climb Mount Ordeals, you know how you normally meet Tella? Mm-hmm. Um, in that location, there will always be a character. It, I don't think it's ever been Tella for me. Um, and so the, the catch is when you meet a character, you have to immediately choose or not to take them and they will not be there evermore. I can confirm there is a vanilla option so that won't randomize the characters if you really want to play with just the normal character locations. Yeah. And I mean, you can you can get really challenging in terms of characters. Um, So, for example, there is what's called a no free lunch flag, (laughs) um, which means that anywhere that you are not immediately challenged, there will not be free characters. So, for example, when you go to Mysidia for the first time, you normally get the twins. So two characters. If you have the no free lunch flag turned on, there will not be two characters there. You would have to go somewhere where there's a boss in order to get a character. And it takes away some of the uh, the one hit kills that you have as options for some of the bosses. Uh, that's the hard. So there's two. Oh, there's tiers. more free lunches, right? Yeah. So there's two <laughs> tiers to the no free lunch. Flag. That's an example of some of the customization you can do here. Yeah, so. if you go up to the second tier of the no free lunch flag, any boss that has an auto win condition, so for example, the King of Queen and of Eblin, um, the Shadow Knight, C- uh, the Dark Knight Cecil in the mirror, um, Yang, and you can't just sit there and do nothing and, and the beat fighter. Cecil anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so all of those fights that have sort of an some sort of auto win condition. Um, those n- win conditions are no longer present. Ouch. Does this mod make Edward useful at all? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. He's still a piece of crap. He's Although still considered the worst character. We, we saw a race yesterday where someone actually kept Edward the entire game. Somebody had high-level Edward strats. It was amazing. Because here's the deal is this particular person plays what's called um, cataclysm seeds. Which means you get five characters. Well, one of the things it means, it means a lot of things. One of the things it means is you get five characters, you don't get to choose them, and you're stuck with them. So whatever you're dealt with is what you get. (laughs) So he has to know how to do it with Edward because he might be getting them and no way to get rid of them. And the thing with Edward is, is his hide mechanic actually works really well for about five bosses. Oh yeah, anything that does like uh, instant kill damage or something like that, I imagine that you could just put, plunk them away and then bring them back and re- revive everybody. Correct. Um, so there are some bosses that get really confused when there's not a character on the field. Um, and you can do that either via Edward or via Kane, but it's much harder to time with Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like Odin, um, Plague... Um, there's a whole bunch, there's, there's at least three other ones that have those timed mechanics. Um, I think Lunar Dragon does fire based on the number of people on the field. 
And so, yeah, there are bosses that you can hardcore cheese if basically you have Edward in your party. But who is going to have Edward in their party? And I and I will say Edward does have like one good use in that his harps that do um, like status effects can be pretty good if used correctly. But obviously yep. no one ever gets that far with him because he yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of fascinating to see as a run because I didn't high level Edward strats is not a set of words that I thought that I would ever use. Poor Edward. So yeah, I'm I'm loving this. I I do two to three runs a day. I'm I'm at the point where I I feel pretty confident in the the route that I'm taking, and now it's practice, 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 practice. So sounds fun. Yeah, like I said, I I kind of want to get to the point where I can stream it so that I can show people what I'm doing because I think it's nifty. Yeah. Um... I would be down for watching a stream for that. I I like seeing quirky stuff like this. You think you think they're going to do this in AGDQ? I winter? I would suspect that a Final Fantasy IV mod will come up at I don't, GDQ. We at haven't some seen point. any randomizers at GDQ. Yes, um, we have the, yeah, the Zelda, Zelda one. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. They did a randomizer. They did. Yeah. Oh. It was like one of the, the anchor seed. games. What? Did, how did they pick the seed? Um, I forget. Okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, my husband got me to watch the Zelda. Oh, Zelda or Zelda Link to the Past? Link to the Past. Link to the Past. Okay, I will go refresh myself on that. So yeah, that would be really cool if they show this here. So they need people to submit the runs is the only thing, right? So yes. We'll see if that happens. Uh, actually, it might already have been time to submit. I forget how far ahead they have to do that. So we might not see it till next summer. Assuming this thing's even popular then. Yeah. It's pretty popular now. See, and I'm trying to think of other Final Fantasy games that they could do this with, and I think four would probably be the only choice. Because uh, so there's a, there's a Final Fantasy one randomizer. There's a Final Fantasy two randomizer. So six could be tough with all World of Ruin and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just make yeah. it so you travel between the two. Yeah. You just have a portal go back and forth. Yeah, that, I think that would have to be the way that you do it. Or you do, um, you know, randomize the first world, then randomize the second world. I don't know. Maybe. I, I didn't say it was easy. If it was easy, someone would have it. But I think you could do it. Because the the reason I say that is because the world of Ruin is open world. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it could be done. But what do I know? Well, they, they could randomize the world of Ruin by just putting characters in different spots. Yeah, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see a randomizer that's only the world of Ruin. Because that might make more sense, because then you just cut out all that other stuff, and it's just a end game run. But oh. That would be interesting, though, because you need 12 characters to get through that last bit, unless you have a portal right to Kefka. You don't, right? Anna, didn't we see people do less than characters that... They did an FF6 run with, like, less than that, I thought. Um, like, at GDQ, they did 100%, so they had everybody. But I think you don't need 12. No, not even close. You need three. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, right. So, But they might make it so you do. <clears throat> and I think that... Uh, it doesn't matter. But someone needs to design it. They do whatever <laughs> they want, right? So we'll see what happens. Hopefully someone gets expired. 
Uh, expired. He gets inspired. Don't get expired. Um, we should expire this segment, though, and get on to the news. Beep, 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 beep. All right. First off, Vampire, the game that Anna has a copy of but hasn't started playing. <clears throat> um, it's an action RPG where you get to choose if you're going to suck the blood of everybody or kind of help the city. And, you know, if you if you make the game easier for you, you kind of make it worse for the rest of the world. Um, they've got some... Uh, New game modes. So what are they adding? Um, let's see. Uh, story mode, which de-emphasizes combat, making it easier and letting you um, be able to choose the uh, the happy choices and not sucking everybody's blood. So Ooh, make, that yep. sounds like it's That sounds me. like for Anna, yeah. And then hard mode, which makes it really hard to do combat um, and reducing the experience gains you get from combat. So you have a much harder challenge. So these uh, the updates kind of come out later this summer on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And the game's currently on sale. I wonder if the, I wonder if the copy you have would get that update, Anna. We should put it in and see. Um, let's see. This next one is called what is this? Developer Love Conquers All Games ha- is putting on a new RPG called Get in the Car, Loser. <laughs> it sees a group of four people embark on a road trip to defeat an ancient evil that has awakened after a thousand years of sleep. Um, the game features lesbian feelings, complex mechanics, and problems you can solve with violence. <laughs> I love that somebody named a game for a throwaway line in Mean Girls. Is is this from uh, Christine Love? Yep. Okay. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> are you going to play this, Anna? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> All right. Digimon Survive has got some footage now, and it's coming to the West. So that is the uh, new Digimon Survive title that was announced. What is this? It's Visual Novel, Tactical RPG, and Monster Raising. Anna, why aren't you into this yet? Oh, that's right, because we've only been told it has all these things. We haven't seen how it's put them together yet. Did you watch these trailers? I know we didn't watch them this morning. No, no you haven't seen it? Right, we got a little cinematic trailer where they're talking about you have to make decisions. That doesn't tell us anything. Um, we got some story gameplay trailer where they show a conversation and you're investigating a classroom and things look pretty run down in there and you're just talking to someone. And then we got another trailer where you're doing tactical battle. Hey, this is the tactical battle trailer. So you can go check those trailers out and see if you're excited for the game. It is confirmed to be coming here. The time frame is 2019. So we'll see this next year. Probably worry about How about I be excited next year? Yeah, I think that makes more sense. Ark the Lad R. Who's ready for another Ark the Lad game? It's mobile. Uh. I'm no longer ready for another Ark the Lad game. Are you I ready, haven't even finished the first ones. <laughs> is Jonathan ready? I don't know if he's ready. I can't hear him. Uh, we can't hear him all. We can hear is he static. Talking? Do you think he's talking? Is that what's going is on? Is that what that buzzing noise is? Is him talking? It might be. It could be. Oh, we maybe he was s- trying to talk earlier. Hello? Uh-oh. Hello? We was having Skype problems earlier, so I'm oh. not surprised. Uh, Jonathan, close and come back. Oh. I like that. I, maybe he's he's evolved. He's evolved press, into modem. Press B. What, what about now? Yeah, there you go. That yeah. worked a lot better. We pressed B. We pressed B. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm coming through the proper mic. That's the problem. Okay. Well, All right. It sounds okay. So... Are you excited for Ark the Lad? Uh, Ark the Lad. Uh, I like the series, but I don't know if I want that Ark the Lad. Oh. So this is, um, it was revealed in 2017, apparently. And it's been officially announced as Ark the Lad R. 
It is a reboot slash sequel for the Tactical RPG uh, series. It's set 10 years after Ark the Lad 2. And nobody cares because it's for mobile? I Isn't that? I, I don't think? know. Uh, oh, it's made it by Forwardworks, like. which is a division of Sony dedicated yeah. to creating Andrew mobile and titles. Yeah, iOS and Android. Yeah. Oh, goodness, look at this interface. Yeah, we're going to move on to the next story. All right. Um, <laughs> Moonfall Ultimate was announced. <laughs> Publisher Wales Interactive has announced Moonfall Ultimate. It's a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up RPG coming soon to PC and consoles. Uh, it's being developed by Fish Cow Studio, which is a great name. So you get to, um, I guess, run around beating stuff up at side-scrolls and, you know, that sort of sort of, sort of game. Let's see what... Um, very uh, kind of like... Low fantasy art? No, how do you call this art style? I don't know how to describe art styles. It's a very grimy fantasy art style, so... But you get to kill big skeleton monsters, so that's always good. So, you run around and beat stuff up. So check that out, see if it's you're into it. We got a trailer for it. Warhammer 40k! This is from the Van Helsing folks, Neocore Games. They, If you remember that, I played it a bit, and I got kind of bored with it, and it was like really, really slow. They've got some updates. Oh, this is the season. So this is what we talked about when I did my impression at E3. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember. But, so it looks like they've got a new subsector to the galaxy map, five new star systems, various points of interest, three new investigations. I don't even know what those are, so I haven't gotten far enough in the game to get to that. Um, and an increased level cap of 70. It used to be 50. Yes, seasons will have a theme and release every four months ago. The first season will revolve around the Dark Eldars. Okay. Which are basically undead overlords, I assume. I don't know. Grax, Pain Engines, Incubi, Succubi, and more. I should know better than to ask for lore background in Warhammer because there's always like three novels required to actually understand what the character's about. Well, and you're asking me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's a bad idea. (laughs) My my Warhammer 40K is I like the little rat things. I just like that they pray to the machines and, or rather the maintenance procedures have, they don't understand why they work. They just do them. And so they've become ritualized prayers. <laughs> so funny. Um, so Sunless Sea is heading to PlayStation 4 uh, and it includes the Submariner expansion. So if you're into that, Sunless Sea, PS4. Compile Heart has announced Ark of Alchemist. Are you into the Santa? Yeah. Yeah? Even This is the desert game. Yeah. Where like... And they're partnering up with Yoshitako Amano. Um, Yoshitaka, not Yoshitako, sorry. Um, is the guy who did um, Fairy Fence or F's artwork as well, or at least yeah. contributed to it. Um, so so this, he's, he's worked with them a couple times. Yeah. But what do we know about this? It's coming out November 29th for PS4 in Japan. I don't know when it's coming here. Hasn't been announced for localization. Okay. Um, Are we sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I suspect when it comes here, it'll be PS4 and PC. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you're in a war-torn desert area, and they don't really show much gameplay, just a bunch of artwork. There's some screenshots of what looks like gameplay, and it's very anime-looking. Um, I'm. It looks like a 3D action RPG beat-em-up sort of thing. So um, the girls seem to have neat outfits on, so whatever that means. So It looks like your kind of art-style game, Anna. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see more gameplay stuff before I. Well, you have plenty of time because it probably won't come yeah. out here till next year. So. Yeah. Moonlighter has got a new update. So that, if you remember, that's the game where you run a shop during the day and you go into the dungeon, which is kind of like a Zelda-style dungeon at night, and to get items to sell in the in the in the shop during the day. 
It's got a new update. It's called the More Stock Update. It's currently available for PC with the PS4 and Xbox One versions getting in, in the coming weeks. Probably, I assume, cert or some sort of approval process needs to happen. Um, let's see. They add 100 new room patterns, improved visuals for enchanted items, and visited locations. And surprises for players who are doing their second visit to a boss room after having defeated it. So I assume new bosses coming up in those defeated boss rooms? I don't know. When are you going to play Moonlighter, Anna? When it comes to Switch. When's it coming to Switch? Mm, I don't think it has a date. Uh, it is coming to Switch, though, isn't it? Yes. Okay, good. They, they just said it would be coming after the other versions. All right. Oh, here's a roadmap. Let's see. Roadmap. More stock update. Done. Next is adventure update. Uh, new types of amulets and new game plus. Then they have the companion update. Then the trouble update. When does the Switch come? I don't know. That's just the 2018 roadmap. Man, they're supporting this thing. Jeez. Maybe I'll keep waiting and just play it when all the updates are down. All right. Legends of Amberland has been announced. What's Legends of Amberland about, Anna? Did we see this trailer? No, it wasn't a trailer. Oh. Oh, it's... this is like a really old school lame RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, some people like these games. Yeah, but why did you ask me about it's it? It's a first-person dungeon crawler. You like those on the Vita. Yeah, but I don't like this pixel garbage. Oh, you only like it when it's a bunch of half-naked girls fighting monsters that are as big as a skyscraper, huh? And penises. And yeah. penises. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And chariots. And chariots. Uh, are we talking about SMT or are we talking about experience games? Or are we talking about both? <laughs> I mean, both are really applicable in this situation. Oh, for goodness sake. But I was thinking of Mara, yes. Uh, I was thinking of, like, uh, took... Uh, uh, I can't remember. The one where you're fighting the really tall enemies, and that was, like, kind of the thing about the game. Everything was a giant enemy. Do you are remember you that one? thinking Mary Skelter? No. No. Are you thinking Lost Child? No. You all... No. Well, you're really narrowing it down there. Oh, Tokyo something. Tokyo Xanadu? No. Tokyo Mirage Sessions? I hate everything. No. You're confusing us. First person dungeon crawler Vita experience is the name of the developer. Now I have to go to this list again. So the okay, it's from the developer of what made Demon Gaze and Dungeon Travelers Two. Are you talking about like Operation Operation Abyss or Operation Babel, New Tokyo Legacy? Because I didn't play either of those because I hate the Stranger of Sword City. Yeah, I didn't That's play that. That's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, Because I hated gosh. the graphic style. I have that game. I haven't played it. You haven't played it? Okay. I couldn't get the into tall it. Ones? No. What was the one you played that had the tall ones? I, nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm so dumb. Oh, oh. Ray Gigant. Thank you! <laughs> yes! Ray Gigant! Oh, isn't that one supposed to be pretty bad? No, I loved it. I platinumed really? it. Oh, yeah, no. Alex liked it, too. I remember looking at it for uh, the limited run, and then I looked at reviews, and like people hated it. No, well, that's their problem. I liked it. <laughs> I and, think I and, liked it more than Alex, but I don't but think it's bad. It even has big in the title name, Gigant, 
right? Wow. Just, my thing, reviews Six is... out of ten? Yeah. Wow, why is it reviewing so badly on Steam? For those watching the stream, this is why I was thinking, like, tall, because it's got this this giant dragon flying around Tokyo Tower, and that's, like, the image that's stuck in my head um, about Ray Gigan, and so I think all the monsters are giants, so I'm going to shut up now. Oh, so people are upset because it's a visual novel with dungeon crawler elements as opposed to a dungeon crawler with visual novel elements. Isn't there a lot of dungeon crawling in Ray Gigan? Yeah. <laughs> like, the idea that it's only a visual novel with elements? I don't know about that. Well, I mean, it's got a 55 Metacritic, too. Ooh. It's a quality so, game. And, and, you know, I don't take too much for stock reviews because there's niche games that I like that others don't and vice versa, yada, yada. But Yeah, a lot of these parts... recommends it are, like, too much talking. <laughs> I just want to be d- killed in a tunnel. <laughs> Get the talking over with. All right, well, if you're into those first-person dungeon crawlers and old-school ones at that, Silver Lemur Games has announced Legends of Amberland, The Forgotten Crown. It's a retro RPG. It harkens back to RPGs of the 90s, and you make a party of seven adventures before venturing out into a high-fantasy world to uncover the secrets behind a crown that has been erased from people's memories. What? Okay. It's turn-based, grid-based map, and you got, like, the little old-school map window in the upper right corner as you... Yeah, anyway, go ahead. When I was reading the news story of this on my phone and saw the screenshot, I thought that it was uh, Super 3D Noah's Ark for a second because <laughs> of how low-res and pixelated the graphics yep. are in those screenshots. Yeah, a lot of these do not recommend on Steam is people who are mad. because Anna's still talking about game. Ray Gigant, just to be clear. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. We're well, moving on. It, it was Steam and Metacritic that got me, so it was they kind of seemed to line up. Fair enough. That was my, my, my worry. Right. See, I, see, I'm with Jonathan. I don't really trust reviews on a lot of niche games like these. You guys say that crawlers. when I see a 55 on Metacritic, I pretty much stay away. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. If it's really low like that, then I'm like, oh, there's got to be something, and you know, maybe it has some redeeming qualities. But you know, if it's in like the 70s ish, and like, yeah, some people may hate it, but yeah. I may think it's like a 95 game or something, or really A plus game. So, but sometimes when it's like in that 50 or below, then you're like, hmm. What's going on here? Yep. And the answer is Anna and Alex have bad taste. No, no, that's not fair. All right. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm getting the finger. All right. Uh-oh. Moving on to a game that we can all agree with is probably pretty cool. Persona Q. Speaking of first-person dungeon crawlers, Persona, Persona Q2. Q2. Woo! New Cinema Labyrinth. So they've they got a trailer out now. Two um, trailers. They've got like the three, four, and five cast are all sitting in a movie theater. There's weird stuff going on. I have no idea what's being said. It's all in Japanese. MC is back. It's a lot of fan service. Then who's back? But Chris. Okay. Chris. What? Why is this not on Switch? I it's mean, this, on the 3DS, and I this, don't know why. Because the engine was on 3DS. This game's been in development for like two years. It not takes a while to make games. I mean, but I mean, this is this Atlas is the Persona was, problem, right? They Atlas, take forever to make yeah. games, and they're always out at the end of the well, system's life. That and it's got the two screen thing going on. You, you lose. Yeah, that. I mean, they're going to have to figure I, out how to make EO games on the Switch, and this is not the game to do that with. I, I was being facetious because that was the sentiment that pretty much the uh, good chunk of the internet had when this was I have was that announced. sentiment, too. I now, said this while I was watching the trailer. Schreier was saying that, too, I think. But yeah, and I think it's already he... being made. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They, It's already made. They can't just 
change it, systems at this yeah, point. Yeah, and I <laughs> I think it's like somehow people have forgotten that there's like 80 billion uh, 3DSs out there and that the people are still buying and playing 3DS games in Japan. The, the sentiment mildly irked me. Because yeah, it was of, so arrogant. Because of course they're going to put the game where the first game that was on the 3DS was on the same damn system. And that, that game is kind of built around the dual screen mechanic. And, you know, re reading from a lot of people saying that, you know, they still have a 3DS and they haven't committed to Switch yet, mainly because they either can't afford one or um, they they don't want to deal with the uh, their kids breaking their switch or whatever. And I, I agree with the people with that sentiment. And I, I, I mean, I'm tend to be in the same boat that, yeah, I wish more things would be released for the switch, but when they announced it for the 3ds, I'm not second guessing Nintendo whining about how things aren't being released for it. It just, it, it, I don't know that, that, that particular article just really got under my skin for some reason. There are for some games that I would be like, I don't understand why this wasn't moved to the next generation. And obviously there is a point where developers are going to stop making 3DS games and just make Switch games. And at that point, the answer is you're going to have to move to the next generation and get over it. But at the same time, this is not that game. Well, I mean, what at this trying to push the 3DS though as a separate handheld and use the Switch more as the console, home console. And there's things like the dual screens of the 3DS that lends itself really well to these dungeon crawler type games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo itself hasn't abandoned the 3DS. And even though third Didn't they party... just put out numbers talking about the, the lifetime sales of all these consoles and like they listed like <laughs> the lifetime sales of the 3DS as though it was done? No. Okay. They've been giving lifetime sales numbers for 3DS in, like, its entire lifespan. And, and bear in mind, it seems like it's been forever, but the Switch is only a year and a half old. I mean, Switch it, has... It, yeah, the, by the way, just to keep it in, in perspective, 3DS has 72.89 million units out there. As of the late July numbers, and Switch has 19.67. So, there's a lot more 3DSs out there. Also, Atlas seems to be the only third-party company that seems to be able to sell on, this, on the 3DS right now in mm. North America. But they were also the only one that was able to sell on the PS2 when Persona 4 came out. Hmm. I mean, how long did the PS2 last after the PS3 came out? It seemed like it was like a good two to three a, years before. It was a couple of years. A while. There's always a little bit of a grace period when consoles come out, except if you're an Xbox console, because in that case, they just kind of shoot it in the back of the head. <laughs> well, Walk away. <laughs> 12 come out right around the 360, Final Fantasy yep. 12. And then I remember Suicoden 5 came out after the PS3 and 360 have been out for a little bit too. Yeah, so there's, there's some of those straggler games like that. That said, yeah, I'm I looking at a... numbers of year over year from Nintendo, and oh, this is so weird. They are things are going down for the they 3DS. Are. They are like a lot. Yeah, third. But part... they also dipped in so, 2016, so... and then things spiked in 2017. It was yeah, weird. And so here is the dilemma that we're running into. Here's the problem that we're kind of having in terms of 3ds. 
first-party games are selling super well. And? First-party games are selling super well. On what? 3DS. Okay. Well, hasn't that been the narrative for Nintendo since, yeah, like, the last few years? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, because third-party games <laughs> used to sell extremely healthily on 3DS as well. <laughs> Let's look at the Wii U sales. Joke. Yeah. Wii U, Wii, GameCube. Wii U sales, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2018. Crickets. I just thought it was a little bit unfair to shoot the 3DS in the back of the head like that, especially when the Switch isn't that old yet. And I mean, I think we are going to see an EO game on the Switch. Yeah, after of course. After Cross. But Persona Q2 wasn't the game to make the leap. Sure, you've said the, that like four times no. now. I get and the it. idea I get that it. it was going to be, and the idea that any journalist should say that it should be, is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and truth be told, I I still bring my 3ds with me, like to my wow. in the car and to my parents' house because the Switch is not port. I mean, it's portable, but it's not a very good portable system for stuff like road trips. It's more for playing in a hotel room. But that, that's just my two cents. I had to bring that up just because I thought that article was kind of kind of annoying. I didn't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah, no, that article was oh man, not well thought out. Like a article. Let me tell do. you though, the the 3ds sales um, since Christmas. Not the best. No. Software-wise. Nothing's really been releasing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't right. been that many releases. There's been Atlas and some first-party like stuff. The, what's it called? The remake of the, um, the RPG, the time travel RPG. I can't think of the name. Yeah, there's been some Atlas games, Chronology, which was Radiant, Chronology, Radiant, Radiant, yeah, Radiant. Story of Perfect Chronology and Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. Yep. That's about it. And that's kind of been it. And I think a new WarioWare game came out for it this week. First party. Yeah. So first party stuff's been selling really well. All right. Well, enough of that. This is just going in circles now. So (laughs) how about a bundle? All right. How about um, Steven Universe, Save the Light, and OK KO, Let's Play Heroes, both on Switch? Nah, I'm good. But... Save the light's really good. Yeah, I know. I'm just good. I got other things to play. Okay. Well, for <laughs> that's, what they, that's what everyone seemed to say about Steven Universe. <laughs> if if you're interested, um, the bundle will be available in North America on October 30th. Okay. In Europe on November 2nd. All right. Um, Who's Outright Games? Oh, they must be who developed these. Yes. Right, because they were the same developer, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. Um, if you want to just download these games, they will each be. Um, available now, right? for sale individually on the eShop. Okay. Oh, the Switch is a new platform. I see. Yes. This is the first time they're on the Switch. Yes. Got it. Cool. So the bundle will be available on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, tell me about the next story because this is your game. This is my game? This is your game. Yes! Player pins! Huh? That, that will make sense once you've played it. All right. The World Ends With You Final Remix is coming on October 12th, 2018 in so, North America and Europe. 
So it's coming out in Japan in September, October in North America and Europe. Um, it will be available both physically and digitally. Um, and of course, this is an enhanced port of the original DS title. Um, it will have some content from the iOS and Android version. And then it will have additional exclusive content, including a new story of scenario and new tracks and arrangements. Okay, then. I can't wait for this. All right. Um, if you can't wait for Valkyrie Chronicles 4, well, good news. There's a demo. What? Um, available in North America uh, and Europe. What? For PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. What? Really? Yeah. So this is basically what I played at E3. You get to go through the prologue in the first two chapters of the game? Yes. And the save data transfers over? Yes. See ya. Bye, Chris. I'm lying. I haven't played through all of Valkyria Chronicles 1 even, so I'm not going to start. I need to play that. I should. I don't know why. I gave it like a glowing preview at E3. I think everything about the game's awesome. I just never have sat down (laughs) and committed myself to finish it, and I don't know why. I'm the exact same way. I really like the Yeah, I got nothing bad to say about that game. I just haven't done it. So Zodiac Interactive announced some new RPGs. Oh, okay. Uh, They're a Chinese-based publisher, but they publish um, worldwide. Um, so they announced Tale of the Ice Staff. Anna which, wants to play this. Yeah, so it's a Zelda-like. It's a yeah, 2D look, action RPG. They don't call it a Zelda-like, but it looks like it's a 2D. Zelda-like. It looks like an overworld Zelda exploration game. Yeah. So With that's puzzles. coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, it follows East, uh, Yursa and her companion, Nick, as they embark on a journey against dark forces. Um, it's coming out in 2019. Okay. Um, the second RPG is Ancient Abyss, which is just described as a rogue Zelda-like. Yeah, but this one is a rogue, has the roguelike thing going on, so yeah. you can die and have some sort of progress loss, yep. so but I guess there's persistence. You bounce through randomly generated mazes, coming to PC via Steam, no date associated with that one. And it's got that kind of nouveau pixel style, I don't know what to call this stuff, like pixel style, pixel art with like lighting and stylistic graphics what do you call this like um um this art style that uh that this uses it's kind of like s- somewhere between sword and sorcery and um uh the legend of zelda um uh ship voyage game what do you call it wind that? waker wind waker oh, mobile game art style mobile game art style <laughs> well hyperlight drifter also kind of looks like this you know and yeah. i don't know it's a very indie thing. So they also picked up Big Day, oh, um, which is available on Steam Early Access. Um, it's developed by Sonic Shield, so they're just going to be a publisher. So this was a game that was already announced. You can already That's not an RPG, um, though, it. so we don't care. Um, it's a pixel art action RPG. Oh, did they say RPG? Yeah. Oh, sorry. What um, else we got? Another game that, uh, again, it was already um, heard about, and again, they're just picking up as a publisher, Tales of the Neon Sea, a retro-style cyberpunk action RPG, adventure RPG. Mm. Um, they have a Kickstarter campaign going. Oh, good. A Kickstarter campaign. Yep. So it is being developed for PC, and they hope to also launch on consoles. All right. So, hey, speaking of consoles, if you hadn't played Child of Light, if when it came to PC. I played that a little bit PS3, on Wii U. PS4, PS Vita, Wii U, 360, or Xbox One. Good news. You can oh. play it on the Switch. Oh, why not? Starting October 11th. They, they tick the box that says export to Switch now? <laughs> um, sure. Let's, let's just go with that's how games work. Yes. 
I, I have a copy of the Vita version that I need to play. <laughs> I have a lot of Vita games that I bought uh-huh. that I'm debating if I want to just put by this which that's, version. That's been Anna's good. life over the past year. It's just getting all those games done. So, and interestingly two, enough, just a side tangent, last week I popped in in a GameStop at random and managed to pick up the collector's edition of Axiom Verge for the Vita on clearance for 20 bucks. Yeah, oh, nice. I saw a picture of that. sell that on eBay? No. No, I'm keeping it. Oh, okay, I, then. Fine. I, if I wasn't in, inundated with other games, I'd fire that up just because it looks really cool. That's on my Metroidvania Mania list that I made. Yeah, I, I thought of you. It's like one of the most recommended ones out of all the games I did research on. Yeah. All right. So Path of Exile has an expansion. <gasps> I think we heard about this some at E3. And like, this is, if not, I think this is really cool sounding. Alex Fuller's got the story on that. Um, so in this one, they're adding a new expansion and a challenge league. So it's called Delve, and you go into an infinite dungeon where you compete to reach the lowest levels as the enemies get progressively stronger. Um, and they're gonna, you collect this stuff called Azerite, and you can level up things with your mine, and you can you can literally go infinitely down and to the left and to the right. And the further down you are, the harder it is. But I guess if you don't want to do that hard, you just go left and right. And I don't know what's going on. There's like. You could start doing it within the first 10 minutes of starting a new character, so you can do this throughout your whole run of, of Path of Exile. Um, and that, and so in this dungeon, like, the, the gimmick is that the darkness kills you. Like, if you're in the dark, it's going to kill you. So you get, like, little signal flares you can that you can use to kind of light up the area. But you have, like, this tunnel exploration machine called the Crawler. That that's basically what you're supposed to stick by, and while it moves, it has a big light radius, so you kill enemies and try and keep up with it, and it helps you uh, keep doing all that, do all that um, safely. Um, and there's, but if you uh, if you get uh, tempted to go into the dark, there might be lots of treasures and big treasure chests and stuff, but uh, the darkness kills you, so you have to think about all that. So. Anyway, there's a big old video on it. They give a really good explanation. It's hosted on the site. Alex has a big old write-up on it. If you're into Path of Exile, uh, you're probably already going to be playing this no matter what. And you're probably excited because this looks like your endgame grind or one of the things you can do for endgame grinding. Um, or, but, uh, yeah, you should check that out more. It's coming out on PC on August 31st, Xbox One on September 3rd. And, of course, like everything else, Path of Exile, it's free. Whew, lots of free updates for that game. All right, what do we got, Anna? Editorial block. Yes. Um, we've got Adventure Corner, Psychedelia of the Ashen Hawk. What does that mean? Um, that means so it's an adventure game and not an RPG. Visual but we novel. To cover it. Okay. Yes. I'm okay with that. Why not? And it, it looks like crazy visual novel, including multiple colored eye characters. So I don't know. Go, go read that. Um, JRPG has its final update um, because it's our JRPG July. That is has its final update. Um, that's the thing about JRPG July is like I feel it ends too soon and people haven't finished all their games. But you know. I finished three. Oh, well, you're an exception. <laughs> we have I a just Moonlighter. My one. We have a Moonlighter review, or we don't. We will have we a Moonlighter will. review. Okay, it got all dashed out here in the sheet. I don't know what's going on with that. Okay. Oh, that that probably was Ozzy uh, stepping on my keyboard when I was entering something else. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, my... let's see if it's my on bad. Here. Uh, Moonlighter is the... Re- yeah, the review is up. Okay. Oh, is it? Okay. okay. Yeah, so you can go check that out. 
Um, we got the Moonlight review. I'm gonna paste that in there. And we got a Kingdom Come Deliverance review. If you want like your realistic uh, action RPG thing going on, and the Banner Saga three review. If you want to play around with the end of the world, Jonathan, you wrote this, right? Oh wait, no, it's an interview. It's an interview. It's not a review. You did an interview. How'd that? Yeah, go? I interviewed. Well, I actually, I, I think I talked about it before. I, I, as far as game developers, I know these guys fairly, relatively well. I, I met them in person. I drove down right after the first Kickstarter, before they even made the first game, and they're very welcoming, and I really enjoyed them. So, ever since then, they've been very receptive to uh, talking with me and giving me interviews. So I've kind of done one for each game release. So I, I finished it up with this one, and uh, this is with the art guy, uh, who I really love his artwork, Arnie Jorgensen, and. Um, Really cool guy. He does amazing that amazing Disney style art. That's his. Uh, uh, that was all him from the from the get go. So, uh, and actually, my Banner Saga three Kickstarter goodies came in yesterday too. So Ooh, I what'd you get? I got a I got a uh, pint glass, uh, Varro pint glass. I got a the human uh, mug. So it's like a coffee a coffee mug. Uh, a couple. Well, one's like a print, like a poster, but it's on like a card. Uh, it's like that print paper it's different than a poster uh so i got one of those and then there's also the poster uh came with a really cool shirt and uh, a bellower miniature from the tabletop board game that they have for the game which i don't have and i probably need to get mm-hmm. and uh what oh and some little pins so it's pretty pretty cool stuff i put them in my little glass uh case yesterday so and i'm just a I've, I'm probably kind of a fanboyish of that that game. I really like the the style, the gameplay, and I love the art and all that. So, so I, actually, I need to I need to play. I'd be curious to see if they release a complete trilogy bundle at some point with all three they games. There, I think oh, they, they did for PS4 and three and Xbox One are already announced. Yeah, and I I think a Switch one's coming too. I heard uh, the guy on. Twitter said a Switch compilation is coming too. Cool. So that'll be uh, for those who like physical in your hand copies for the consoles. It's uh, just so you know, this is like a visual novel where all the choices result in sadness. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not, not really a visual it's novel. Not, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, it has those elements in it. But uh, if you're into the story like I am, you're like, oh, I'm gonna reload that and try and make things happier. And it's like, well. Don't. Well, and the yeah. scene, and he even says that in the interview, kind of. You're it's not, not supposed, really. <laughs> you're not supposed to try to get the best possible outcome in that game. That's not really what it, the choices are there. They're like, it's kind of like create your your own storybook, and it's just supposed to kind of push it in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to just kind of live with how that how that happens, and not try to. There's a little uh, bit you can manipulate well, to try and keep some yeah. people from dying, so you have right. more characters around. But that's about as it for making it quote unquote happier. <laughs> live with your choices, Chris. You can't save no, scum life. I save scum. Listen, I have real life to feel depressed in. I don't need it in my video games too. So I will save scum the hell out of them. <laughs> can't try save save me. scum life, Chris. I know. That's why I'm saying I don't need this here. I have life for that. I don't need this. No? No one's with me. Alright. Oh. Alright, so that's uh that's uh that's Banner Saga three. Oh, Anna, do we have some quicker updates for these these briefs? Yeah. So um we mentioned it earlier, but Steven Universe let's save the light. Why aren't we mentioning it again? PC and Mac. Alright. Because of the way our news is ordered. Alright, cool. 
Um, we have more information about Crystar, which is a Furyu game um, that is coming to PlayStation 4 in Japan on October 18th. is the developer or publisher or something? Publisher. Okay. They, they have long Japanese trailers with lots of voice acting that I couldn't understand. Yeah. Um, okay. Dauntless yeah. is getting an expansion. I mentioned this earlier. I complained about it earlier. That's their, their beta expansion or their expansion for their beta that's not even out. Most people can't even get it. Oh, I guess it's open now, so whatever. The yeah. World Ends With You had more details, which yep. we talked about already, right? So. Um, well, they they put out like two separate updates in the last two weeks, and one was like a huge media dump, and then okay. the other one was the release date. And, they, and they've got the uh, touchscreen combat stuff and the Joy-Cons combat stuff, and both are going on at the same time, right? Yep. Okay. So if you wanted to play Minute... And you were like, oh, I wish I could play it, but I don't play PC games. Don't worry. It's out now on Switch. Hey! I've been waiting for that. Um, they released the Valkyrie Chronicles 4 opening cutscene. But since you can just download the demo, do that instead, because yep. it's probably got it in there. <laughs> um, Sword Omen Legacy got a release nope. date. Sword Legacy Omen. Sword Legacy Omen got a release date, which is August 13th. So it's coming this Tuesday. Cool. Um, Salt and Sanctuary is available for pre-order now? Uh, that game's out, so this must be a Switch version or something? Yeah, so this is the Switch version. Okay. Oops. Can't find my thing anymore. Yeah, sorry, it's going to be coming out um, October 30th. So this is out now on the Switch digitally. And it's getting a physical release in October. Yep. Yep, in okay. October. In okay, October. Okay. okay. Robothorium. I showed you this one. This is where you control an AI who has to make choice. Okay. You're the okay. There's machines. They've gotten intelligent. The humans are like, oh no, these machines are really intelligent. And machines are like, we want rights now. And humans are like, no, you get no rights. You're machines. So the machines make this sentient AI called Sia or Saya. Uh, yeah, Saya. That's right. And she's got to lead the robot rebellion. And then you get to make choices. Do you kill the humans or do you save the humans? And how do you kind of integrate robots and humans together into society? And your choices, of course, will impact how the game goes and how encounters go. And I assume how the ending goes. So you can check out the videos of that. And see, Anna was not interested at all. I'll just mm -hmm. keep you. But uh, I was slightly interested, but I don't know. It's got like tactical gameplay. So maybe we'll see. So, Bard's Tale Trilogy is coming. We got a release date for, like, all three games, sort of, but the first sort one of. has got the the actual details. So, the yeah. first, the remake of the first Bard Tales, Tales of the Unknown... Is coming will... October 14th three to days. Steam and GOG. Yep. So, here's the deal. You buy the first game for fourteen ninety nine, and then when the second and third games comes out, The Destiny Knight and Thief of Faith, you will automatically get them if you purchased that first game at $15. Okay. So don't have release dates for those two games, um, other than sort of a vague fall and winter 2018. Does this include the remake of the PS2 one, or is this not nope. that one? No, just this is the this three is the that came ones. out in okay. like the 80s. All right. Um, but they went back. I guess they they didn't have the sure? original source code. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Um, but they, they, they managed to tinker around with it so they filled in gaps fixed bugs and basically streamlined the whole thing oh and you can play as a girl bar too okay and then we don't really cover these 
But um, if you're interested in um, Dancing in the Moonlight or Dancing in the Starlight, uh, Persona 3, Persona 5, they are coming out um, December 4th, 2018 in North America and Europe. And so this is going to be a little confusing. So let me run through this. They are available individually, digitally on Vita. So there's no physical version of the Vita coming. They are available individually on the PlayStation 4 physically. There is also a two-pack where you get Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight, Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight, and Persona 4 Dancing All Night for the PlayStation 4. The two, the Endless Night Collection is the only way to get Persona 4 Dancing All Night on the PS4. It's $100. What? Really? Uh, I managed to pre-order it for 60 because Amazon had a price error. Yep. Ooh. Go me. So if you manage to jump on the price error, um, yeah, Amazon originally listed 3 and 5 and the bundle all at $60. So if you got lucky, you got it at a good price. <laughs> I jumped on that because I wanted to get, because um, I, I skipped over uh, Dancing All Night on Vita just because it came out at a time when I had, couldn't afford it. And when I saw that all three of them were in one collection, it was like, ooh. And then I saw the price error and I was like, ooh. So, yeah. Can't wait for that. Yep. So, you liked Dancing All Night, didn't you? I did. Okay. I just didn't finish it. Um, the, I liked it, but the way that the dancing mechanics works is hard on my brain. Ah. Uh, and they don't have the 20% off on this. Nope. Cause it's a collector's edition. Oh, that's so stupid. Yep. So they're yeah, finally, they out- yeah, they're finally enforcing that new policy. Well, not new policy, but they're finally enforcing that policy. It looks like. All right. That's all the news. I'm not surprised they're enforcing that policy because I was getting collector's editions for like the normal price with the discount on Amazon. You mean the way things should be? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Um, That Persona 5 collector's edition ended up being like 60 bucks after the discount. And I think Mm -hmm. it was regularly like 90 yeah, we bought it on a pricing error, and we got the Amazon discount, so it was really cheap for us. All yeah. right, so we have a question of the week that we have an answer for. Yeah, so we asked, what class are you going to play in the new WoW expansion? Or what class do you usually pick in a class-based game? Budai says, I usually pick a healer, because I don't like having to wait for a group, but I prefer to be ranged. All right. Strawberry Egg says, I like fast, agile classes that dodge blows easily and hit multiple times with weapons. My favorite class in any RPG is the Hunuwerl from Fantasy Star Online, which is this as well as being the best magic users that aren't forces, which are mages. Okay. Um, Daniel in the chat room says, Hunter. Uh, Featherhoof says, I haven't played WoW since Burning Crusade, but if I ever did go back, it'd either be a druid or a shaman. As to what kind of classes I'm drawn to, it's usually the jack-of-all-trades, master-of-nuns type. I'm obsessed with Final Fantasy XIV, and they didn't really have a class like that when I started, 
Um, ever since they introduced the Red Mage, I've been dying to switch my main, but uh, with my YouTube and Twitch channels still on my free time, I don't have the time I used to to be able to gear multiple classes anymore. But if they ever release Blue Mage, I will find or make the time. Let me tell you. Okay. Victor says, I prefer the role of melee damage dealer. My first character in the next WoW expansion will probably remain my Frost Death Knight. And he reminds uh, WoW players that the pre-expansion events are going on right now and you get mounts, so do that. And Lol Whoop says, Shaman is my main in WoW, but I also really like Warrior. Have a Hunter and Mage, I'm using two. I usually like tanks in MMORPGs, but when I came back to WoW, it seemed like everyone wants to tank, so now I just stick with DPS. I was a dwarf, sh- dwarf shaman in Legion, so I'm going to have a Maghar warrior and probably a Dark Iron Dwarf something because they look sweet. <laughs> All right, so if you want to submit your... Um, we have a voicemail too, but we don't have the ability to, to play it this week. Sorry about that. Um, we'll get to it next week, I hope. Um, yeah, because we have a voicemail waiting for Matt from Texas, remember? Oh, right. Um, should I just Is... try and play it here? Let's see. Not if you're not set up for it. Uh... Is it about a horse? I hope not. It is not about a horse. Henry is not available. I'm sorry. Here, let's see. Let's see if this just works. Play. Yeah, this is uh, Matt or Bernard. Uh, my big, my biggest question is, is for everybody, what is your favorite Final Fantasy summon? Okay, bye. There we go. Matt asked, what's your favorite Final Fantasy summon? Ooh. Uh... Bahamut. Bahamut, says Kelly. I've always liked Odin. Odin, says Jonathan. Uh, Vaughn in the chat room says the one that shows the most skin. <laughs> so you, Shiva. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of lean towards Shiva. <laughs> um, no, I'd say Madwin, because I, I like, used to roleplay him. I, I, I want to say, like, the one with the longest summon time, so, like, Knights of the Round or something, but... Um... Gosh, Shiva's pretty cool in 14. What all, uh, and Titan has that f- boss fight, which is crazy in 14. Man, I like the summons in 14. Um, so let's go uh, Good King Mugumag. Because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I actually think we all pick something different. Uh, I don't know. He's not actually a summon, so I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I have to pick a real one, don't I? They're not. Isn't I'm surprised you didn't go with Ketchy, Anna. Don't you like the kitty cats? I role-played Madwin for, oh, okay. like, years. Uh, Ke- I think Ketchy's only really a summon in 6, isn't it? And four, and 11. Oh, right. I, I didn't play very much of 11. Well, they didn't add it till later, so... Uh, there's so many good summons. That's a hard question. I don't like having to pick. Can't they all be my kids and be happy? I, I always like Bahamut best because that's the first one you can get that usually just wrecks things. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm bad at making choices like this on the fly. And you don't accidentally heal things with Bahamut like you do oh, with yeah. all the rest of them. All right. How about Shoat? Just because I never knew what that name was trying to say. What is a Shoat anyway? Apparently, it's a young I... pig. That's not what it is in Final Fantasy VI. It's <laughs> uh, right. a bull in Final Fantasy VI. No, that's Catoblipas. I give up. So, um, yeah, Catoblipas, also known as Shoat. Okay. 
So, what game in your collection can you just not part with? That's your question of the week. 608-729-4098. Leave a voicemail, send a text message, we'll play it, or talk about it on the show. Emails at podcast at rpgamer.com, or just make a nice comment in the show thread right here on the site. Go to rpgamer.com, go to the podcast section, show threads right there. Comment on the show. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh, we have what's coming out next week for you. So, um, a little bit is already out, a little bit is next week, because it's been two weeks, but we've got City of the Shroud for PC and Mac, Daleland for PC and Mac, Minute we talked about, hit the switch, Unavowed on PC and Mac, that's kind of, um, Unavowed is kind of an adventure game, right, Anna? Unexplored over on the switch? Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a point and click adventure. Point and click. Unexplored over on the switch, which is a roguelike that feels like a roguelike. Oh, it's a roguelite that feels like a roguelike is what they say. Whatever that means. Obviously, you could go see what that's about. Um, came out last year on PC. Um, we have Phantom Doctrine coming out this week. That's that um, kind of Cold War era spy um, tactical RPG thing that Anna p- tried at PAX a while ago. Um, Okami HD hitting the Switch. Monster Hunter World hitting the PC. World of Warcraft hitting all the MMO addicts. Cosmic Star Heroin hitting the Switch. Anna, are you going to play Cosmic Star Heroin? Oh, wait, I, you already have it on I the Switch. On Why the haven't Switch. you played it yet? Because <sighs> I've been playing Final Fantasy IV. Death, uh, Death's Gambit hitting PS, PS4 and Windows, which is kind of like a role-playing Metroidvania sort of thing. But it's like, oh, actually more like a Dark Souls-y. I don't know. It's hard. It looks really hard. Um, and the amazing Shinsengumi Heroes in Love, which I picked for Anna. Um, it looks like a visual novel on the Switch that you can play. And uh, make love with the Shinsum Gumi. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Anna's interested now. All right. <laughs> That's all we got. What are you going to play this week, Anna? Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise. Uh-huh. Kelly? For the Horde. Uh, Jonathan? Oh, probably more Madden and maybe uh, Banner Saga games. All right. And I will I tell you... Play. Oh, go ahead. So I might want to replay it from the beginning all the way through. I know a lot of people were doing that. Like, I skipped on two because I was waiting for three to come out because I didn't like how big and long the cliffhanger was between one and two. But now I've forgotten everything I did with one. So I might have to replay it all. <sighs> what I should be doing this week, and I had been planning to do, is Final Fantasy fourteen for the Monster Hunter stuff and uh, World of Warcraft because new expansion. Um, what I will probably do is just play more No Man's Sky because I'm hopelessly addicted at this point. I'm just letting it be. <laughs> just got to ride it out. <laughs> And and just so everyone knows, when you're doing the War of Thorns stuff for World of Warcraft, if you get the mount on one side, you automatically get it on the other, so you don't need to do it twice in order to get both faction mounts. Ah. Just, just to save you a little bit of time, because I thought that... Um, well, no, I checked and I saw that uh, you got it automatically on the other side. Not all mounts work like that. But uh-huh. it's worth it to do both sides just because you get slightly different story content both ways. Just putting that out there. Yeah, thank you. And what, So everyone has had plenty of warning now about the impending expansion and what they need to do before that expansion. So if you don't do it, you only got yourself to blame. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week, right? Yeah, I don't think we have a break <clears throat> planned until end of September now. Except yeah. PAX. Oh, so yeah, in a few weeks we got packs, right? So, but we'll be back next week and the week after. Um, 
thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here on twist.tv slash rpgamer. And, of course, rpgamer.com is where you can find the site and download the show and subscribe to the podcast and all that good stuff. We'll check you out later. Leave a comment. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.